Well, due to some unforeseen circumstances, this week's guest, Dick Coughlin, and I never really had a chance to have our dialogue as scheduled. Nonetheless, the show must go on, so I uh, quickly put together some of my favorite moments from the first early episodes of this podcast. Let us be it, it's complicated together. Because as I said earlier, the show must go on. So, further ado, I'll be playing my favorite compilation clips and segments from Let Us Be It from the first hundred episodes. Not the first hundred episodes, within the first hundred episodes of Let Us Be It. Carrying on. I'll be presenting an interview I did when I was 18 with a man who travels to North Korea. The man in his interview wished to remain anonymous. And that's what, just so you know also, but just, I, mean, I know we answered this before. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> but, like... I work for in the, in, in banking and, and yeah. finance, so it's not I'm not going to be on a website that's anti-capitalist and anti. You know, see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. You see what I'm like? I, I'm going to work for an investment bank, and so I don't want them to think that I'm like anti-capitalist or I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not. I'm not. You know, a rampant capitalist, but I work in the stock market. I work in the no, it's fine. I've interviewed other capitalists before. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah, no, yeah. I've, I've interviewed others. Yeah. No, no, that's all. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. And I would like. Steve, you Google my name and up comes Marxist, like extremist views. You know, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just fine. But, I'm happy, but in a general discussion on North Korea. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like as I said, like I, I didn't go there with any. You know, I, I, I did know. I was in Seoul last year, and I met yeah. um, my mom and my dad in Seoul. Yeah. So, so, uh, so anyway, I'll let you. You can. Well, around. so it's like uh, I, I, um, there is a video going around from like you know, um. I guess a news channel from China saying that there's like three KFCs in Pyongyang. Right. I don't know if you've been like you said. I didn't see. I didn't see them, but that doesn't doesn't surprise me. Is it? Well, there's. It, it, if there was one, that was very well hidden because they're not. You, one thing you don't see when you're there is you don't you, you don't see any advertising. Oh really? Oh, really? Yeah. There's very little advertising, and you realise when the, you you're driving around and it's very you know the city the, the landscape is very plain in the city i mean there are neon lights and there's new there's some newer buildings that have you know at night time they light up and there's advertising but generally speaking there's very little advertising uh-huh. so maybe there's a couple of new malls i think there's a new couple of new type well the, the, they're called a couple of new sort of shopping centers i think probably that's where those kfcs probably would be but we didn't go to those um, there's also, um, there's some village outside of Pyongyang that's completely just like, um, gym fitness equipment. There was a, uh, okay, there was a, there was a, it's, well, we didn't, what, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't go there. The only, the only place we went to outside of Pyongyang was the day we drove to the DMZ. Okay. We drove to a place called Kaesang, which is on the border, which is a two and a half hour drive south to the, to the border. But there was a, a strange, I don't think I've even told this to Lorraine, there was a strange moment then the second day we were there was a Saturday before the marathon. And they took us to this, I guess, this new health and fitness center. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, yeah, yeah. You know, they, they took us there and they showed us there was an ice skating ring and there was a gym. They, well, you're right, there was a, but it didn't seem like that new to me. It seemed like it had been around for a while, but... It certainly opened it, last year. Was it? It opened but they, last year. But yeah. actually, they, 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 one of the, it could have been under construction for a long time and only just opened. Like that hotel, that, that, the big tall hotel, Yeah. that's been under construction for 25 years. But we did go there, and we actually went there at Saturday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning. They take us to this place and say, oh, we've got this new, it's like a spa, you can have a massage, we'll get a haircut. 
at this fitness facility and they actually thought that we were going to get a massage and a haircut. They said, okay, so which one do you want? I'm like, I wanted to go. I'm like, I don't really, you know, they actually, they were, they were ready for us to go off and have a massage and get a haircut. Oh, we can get a haircut if you like, or have a massage. I'm like, I'm fine. We're just here to look around. So, but there was a, uh, there was a, it was an ice skating ring and um, I guess this big, uh, this big fitness area. Uh, um. Oh, it's a, I can't remember. It's a, I, sort of, I read also in a, a Japanese paper, there's an Ikea somewhere in there. There's a what? An Ikea somewhere behind the game. Maybe. Maybe. There probably, there could be. Um, well, it's, there's a Swedish embassy. Yeah. So it makes sense that there would be an Ikea, because the Swedes, there's the only, one of the only foreign embassies there. There's actually the two more. There's German and Italian. Is there? Yeah. Okay, well, there's, there's a Swedish embassy there, so it makes it, there's, there's, uh, there's, that makes sense there could be an Ikea. I didn't see it, though. I've seen video, some very um, odd videos from uh, Japanese press, like actually videotaping inside of the store. Right. It looks more like a factory than like an actual Ikea. Right. But apparently it is an Ikea. It's... I mean, as well, they, when, like I said to you before, that we, when we yeah. got there, we were basically, hey, we were basically led, when you, when you go to the country, you basically, you're seeing, it's like if you came to New York, and you were you were picked up at the airport and you're driven to a hotel in the city. Yeah. And they said, right, we're going to take you to the Empire State Building. We're going to take you to the um, to Statue of Liberty. We're going to take you to the Met. Yeah. And we're going to take you to the MoMA. And we're going to take you around and we're going to show you some maybe take you to Central Park and show you some statues. So it was a very controlled. But you, I, and my it was my I, myself and my colleague um, or my friend who was with me. We had two guides and a driver. And they were very, they took you from one place and there was a, the schedule that we had, the night before, the, the night before we would go through the schedule and they'd say, and everything would be down for, for the, for literally to the half an hour to an hour, like they would say, right, between, we're going to pick you up at the, the lobby at eight o'clock, between eight and nine we're going to go to here, between nine and 10 we're going to go to here, 10, 11, everything was, everything was mapped out all day. And if you wanted to change something, then I would, there were two guys, I had one guy who could speak English. Yeah. And the other guy who couldn't speak English. Was it Cobble? Um, they, I think they call it the North Korean, I think it was called Cobble, right? Actually, I don't know. Is that, is that right? Sorry, what is it? Isn't the North Korean language called Cobble? Like a... Um, but you, you said it's a different dialect, though, what you can speak, though, isn't it? It's the same, sound? it's just it's a different accent. Yeah, yeah I, it's the same, but different accent. I read it on uh, Wikipedia, it's called Cobble. Cobble? Yeah. Oh, okay, maybe, yeah. Yeah, no, they, well, there were those that will... The lady that we, the, there was a young, the young girl who was 23 years old, she was, she was our main point person, yeah. she could speak English. The older guy who was probably in her early 30s, I think that she was, she worked for the tour company, and this is only speculation, she was a very nice lady, but she would be the one, that I would, we would relay to the, to, to our 23 year old guy, listen, we, we'd rather not go to the haberdashery factory, could we perhaps go and see the circus? I wanted to go see the circus yeah. instead. And so to do that, though, required the younger guy to speak to the other guy to tell her what I'd said, and then they would say, well, can we come back to you? So then she would obviously call ahead and say, can these guys go ahead and do this? Because you can't just go off no, 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 yeah, 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 no. and you'll give them the plan. So it's like if, like if you said, well, I'm now, we're supposed to go to the, we're supposed to go to yeah, Statue of Liberty. Well, I would actually rather go and see the MoMA first. Well, okay, well, just bear with me because we have to make a call because you're now yeah, going yeah. outside the schedule. But they're very, I mean, they're, they're obviously, they're very, very proud of their, 
I mean, and, and, and for me, and I said this to my, um, the guy that I went with, I was very happy actually being led around because it, it, it required no thought process on my part. I was just shuffled from one place to the next. And, and Did you all see any of the horror films directed by... Um Kim Jong Il. He directed like three or four films. No, no, actually, I, actually, I did see. I saw a gangster type film in a um, in a uh, a tourist a tourist store. Yeah. A stop. And it was a gangster type film. It was like a uh, what's it? I guess like a mafia type. But I know that he was very involved in the film industry. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I, he, I yeah, apparently, from what I've heard of Library Congress, Kim Jong Il directed over like 83 films. Yeah. No, I didn't see. I, I, there were some videos you could have bought. I might have should. I should have bought some videos, but. There was some. There was a movie playing in a store that was selling stamps and propaganda posters and. They saw us on eBay. All those, yeah. all those videos and DVDs are on eBay. Yeah. yeah, a lot of them on YouTube also. But they, but they were. There was one that was playing, and there was this, it was like a mafia gangster type thing, and I was watching it. It was, it was quite. It was like literally something that was looked like something that was filmed in the seventies. Yeah. It was. It was quite. It was quite strange. It was the eighties, but um, but the. Like I said, the, the the places where they took him, you've seen the photos. Yeah, they're very sort of very proud and nationalistic, and they're obviously very. Did you, you know, all see the library they had there? The which one? The library. The no, I didn't see the library, but the girl that one of the young guy, because um, I asked the our young guy, I mean, what music do you like to listen to? Yeah, and she said that she goes to the library to listen to Britney Spears. She likes Backstreet Boys, and that's the only place where she can listen to the music. Because she doesn't have an iPad, or sorry, an iPod or anything like that. So she goes to the she goes to the library, the National Library, to listen to the American music. One of my favorite segments I did in Love is Beauty is when I had comedian Brett Rabel and myself, Mateo Pascali, reenact a little parody script reading I did of Uncut Gems. And I say I think I nailed the audition. I, a few months ago, wrote this sketch on a... Uh, um, Final draft. I was going to send it to you, but I never did. Because I thought you would kind of get weirded out by it. It's a collabor. It's my sketch I wrote in. I'm planning on directing and shooting. I actually got talked to the guy who was the office space we're going to film it in. And he's willing to do uh -huh. it. But I thought you would get weird about it because it's your product. It's titled Uncut Gems to Brett Coin Edition. Wow. Uncut Gems. Okay. And I would like us to do a script reading over. I'm going to. Oh, shit. Here we go. All right. Wow. Hold on, this isn't going to be one of your Mad Dash fantasies where my character has to say a bunch of offensive words, is no, it? No, 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 nothing like that. You see the screen? All right, yeah. It's a full, okay, let me go. Who am I, Howie or Br I'm Brett? I'm, you're Brett, you're, you're playing yourself, I'm Howie. And who's Howie, Mandel? No, I'm Howie, Howie Ratner from Uncut Gents. Okay. You want to fucking get rich off of the Brett coin cryptocurrency, right? I see you out there fucking on podcasts all day grinding. Let's see what you think, what they think on Reddit. Reddit has to say. Let's take a look. Wait, wait. Are you seriously making your case with Reddit? Look, 30 different people think your cryptocurrency is a Ponzi scheme. I don't pay attention to anything on Reddit. Two people currently debating if you're going to eventually start hoarding gold. Some people are predicting you're going to get busted by the IRS. These, yeah, listen, these clowns don't know anything about it. Doesn't that make you want to fucking kill them? Doesn't that make you want to fucking say, fuck you for doubting me? Doesn't that make you want to step on Elon Musk's fucking neck? Come on, Brady. This is me. This is how I win. 
end scene? Yeah, that was the sketch. Bro, uh, first off, I mean, that was a good impression of him. Yeah. Um, mainly that you used a lot of the F-bombs. No, but that's, I copied the script. Oh, really? Yeah, I just replaced the verbs and pronouns. And then added the word Brickcoin. Yeah, instead of money. This is the interview I did with Nick Pelleggi. And uh, I, I know you're like affiliated heavily with a uh, uh, media with uh, Goodfellas and Casino because you wrote them. But today I wanted to focus on the your project when you were Philly. Uh, one, people don't really talk about media with you uh, when you were uh, as being the assistant production analyst for American American Gangster. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you want to talk about American yeah. Gangster? Yeah, sure. Um, I, uh, I'm a nonfiction writer, yeah. so I never make anything up. I just do. And uh, a, a narcotics agent, very nice guy from the Southern District, United States Attorney's Office, said, you know, there's a phenomenal guy by the name of Frank Lucas who might make a great story. I said, good, what, where is he? He's in prison. So I had to make an arrangement to go and interview Frank Lucas in prison. And I did. I had all, I, I was fascinated by him because he told the story of how he became, he became the largest heroin importer for a certain period of time during the Vietnam War. And he did it by, instead of waiting to buy the drugs from Pleasant Avenue, from Ernie Boy Abamanti and the Italians, he said, what do I have to give it to the Italians for? He got on a plane and went to Vietnam, went to Thailand, found out where they were making the poppy and bought all the drugs. He went up there and he said it was like a mountaintop and it was protected by guards and all of these of uh, uh, Vietnamese and, um, and Thais were up there growing poppies and protected by the CIA. These are heroin farms in Thailand and in Vietnam being protected by the CIA. And he bought it all, paid the money, and then he had to get it back to the country. And he figured out the way to get it back to the country was by putting it in the body bags of the dead American soldiers who were being shipped back to the United States. And the only reason he could do that, he said, was that he was black. And the men who loaded all the bodies into all the body bags were also African Americans. He said, you didn't have anybody from Harvard loading a body into a body bag. They were all African-American. And so through sergeants and people, he got to know them, and he was able to bribe some of them to do it for him. And that's the way he started bringing in tons of heroin. It was so good. The quality was so good. It was called Blue Magic. And it was the biggest thing on the street. When, when it would come out, there would be crowds on the streets buying it. And he became Frank Lucas. And, that, and I thought that was a great, fascinating story. He told me the whole story, and uh, I wrote it up, and uh, I went with him to see Brian Grazer, who's the producer, and we got on a plane and went, and he was a very powerful man, so when he walked in the room, Brian Grazer and all those movie people, they never met a real gangster or anything like that, and they look at him and they go, oh, this is the real thing. I mean, he threw people off rooftops, and, 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 um, and so they made the movie with him. And that's what happened. Uh, the, I was working on a movie with Scorsese at the time, 
which never got made. I think it was Dean Martin. And uh, therefore, I'm working with Marty, so I'm not going to write it. So we got Steve Zalian, who's a brilliant writer. He just wrote The Irishman. He got an Oscar for Schindler's List, and he's a friend. And so uh, I spent a few months working with Frank Lucas and Zalian, getting them together, explaining the story to Zalian, and then Zalian went off and wrote the script. And they made me, or I was the executive producer. And that's that's the role I took. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I, had a, I had a line of some other questions. This is more like pop stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah go, go. Uh, I was, last winter I read, what I didn't really read his audiobook, both Wise Guys and The Godfather. And in my own analysis, uh, like re finishing both of them in the same month period, I feel yours holds up much more better contemporarily than uh, uh, The Godfather does word-wise. Can you elaborate and explain it on your perspective why I think so? Well, I prefer The Godfather. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think The Godfather is just... But it's Godfather 2. Well, I books. love Godfather 2. Okay. And um, I mean, then Godfather 1. I, like, I reversed them. Uh, but, uh, but The Godfather is an opera. Yes. Do you know, Mario made it up. He, he read all this material from the McClellan Committee. Yeah. And he, his imagination was so rich. I, when you do what I do, you're compelled to follow the real story. And sometimes, the real story isn't as dramatic or even as interesting as the fictional story can be. I mean, I don't have Fredo. Yeah. There's no Fredo. You can't, you know, and that, the betrayal of the brother and keep him alive until mama's dead. I mean, you can't make that up. You know, Mario Puzo could make it up. I could never make it up. So I'm, I'm stuck with the real story. Yes. I didn't mean to offend by saying I, no, I, I, like, I was on Reddit and a lot of people on Reddit were making the argument that uh, Wise Guys, your novel, uh, a contemporary 21st oh, century. It's a, a nonfiction book. I yeah. read it all the time. They say, what, the novel Wise Guys is not a wise not, yeah. not a novel. It's a nonfiction book. Well, I'm just basing it off the critics on Reddit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I uh, say it all the time. And uh, I was also, uh, uh, um, you said in the email um, to my father that you wanted to discuss your new project with Martin Scorsese, the upcoming one. The uh, Irish one. Yes. Yeah. So uh, can you elaborate on your involvement with that? Uh, yeah, what happened was that, again, it was Steve's alien. Yeah. Uh, uh, the book came out about 15 years ago, and I, I didn't particularly, you know, I wasn't that excited about the book. But Bob, De Niro wanted to do the movie. He wanted that part. And uh, so they, they, they couldn't get it made. It was difficult to get made because it was a big movie. It would cost a lot of money. And the studios... It could cost $120 million, $100 million. They were afraid they wouldn't get it back. They wouldn't have that audience. Not that it wouldn't be a great movie, but you wouldn't, you know, you got to get a lot of people to come with $15 tickets to get back $110, $120 million. Uh, and the studios just didn't think that would happen. So years went on. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, Netflix came along. And Netflix is... You know, they don't have to sell tickets. They have subscriptions. They got what, 18 million subscriptions. And so uh, they put the money up to make it. And by then they already had a script that was written by Steve Zalian. Terrific script. Mm -hmm. And But now they started to shoot the movie and the dialogue was, it, it, it was from this Irishman's book. And it wasn't the way those guys were. So Marty and, and uh, so um, they had a terrific script 
But what they wanted was, I guess you'd call it more authentic dialogue. So I spent the year when they were shooting the movie working with Marty on the dialogue. So every day, what they were going to shoot that day, they would sh give me and they would, I would then rewrite it into the dialogue that Joe Pesci, De Niro, uh, and Al Pacino would use and Mar that Marty wanted. Marty said, no, no, we need it a little more here. We need and so I would just finesse the dialogue. But the structure, the screenplay, is the one Steve Zalian did. You know, a lot of, I don't know, I don't want to offend it, but this is a common complaint, a complaint of criticism on Reddit. I think a trailer looks fantastic. What did you think? The... I don't think this, but this is a common uh, criticism people on Reddit. Oh, what, the Irishman? Yes. I think the trailer looks fantastic, but a lot of people are uh, uh, saying it's, uh, would it live up to the other classes they're in. People are projecting on the internet it's going to be another uh, John Travolta's Gotti. Oh, my God, I hope not. I'm not saying cinematically. No, no, but I mean, who knows? Who knows? I think it's it's a, it's going to be an interesting interesting yeah. what they do with it. I mean, uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I didn't mean to offend you, but that's a real thing. No, no, on the no, yeah, there yeah. Is, but that's out on the internet. Yes, that they think it's going to be that bad. Yeah, that's a hypothesis many people have. I'm not making that up. No, no, no. That's, yeah. yeah, and you're out there. You're picking all this stuff up. Yeah, you get this information. Yeah. Uh, what do they think? What? Why do they think? What because is, the production took so long, and the delay of uh, releasing for two to three years. So they're projecting, like, is it going to live up to the standards? Of what and the the, the media uh, um, kind of didn't um, didn't record or uh, uh, promote it as much as other companies do with their major productions. Yeah. See, I think part of that problem is that this is the biggest movie that Netflix has ever made, mm -hmm. and Netflix is not in the motion picture business. Really. Yeah. They're in the series business. They make series. They'll make the pilot, and then they'll six episodes. This is the first time they came up with the money because they wanted a Martin Scorsese movie with Bob De Niro and Joe Pesci. And they came up, I think it's like 140 or $150 million to make this movie. And they made it because they know it will bring subscriptions yes. in. That's the only reason. You know, I was thinking about you talking about major directors who went to Netflix. For instance, I think the masterpiece Sasha Baron Cohen did recently with the Spy series is great. And uh, the Coen Brothers, the their newer one, the title I'm forgetting. Coen does, they've done stuff. On yeah, Netflix. twice. Yeah, yeah, great. Uh, well, Netflix is the yeah, new yeah, studio. Yeah, you know, it's the studio. And um, I had a few other things I wanted to go. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Anything you want? Um, well, uh, with uh, one of your uh, um, when you were uh, back to American Gangster, I'm gonna like cut back it up. Well, I was gonna, uh, it's out of order. My questions. It's added, um, when you were working with American Gangsters, um, production-wise, yeah, did you find a different process working with Ridley Scott than working with Scorsese? Well, I, I'm, I've known Marty forty yes. years, so and I know his family. He knows my family. It's a different relationship. It's a yeah. You know, we're both. I'm first generation Italian. He's second generation, but he could be first generation. So. Uh, there was a bond yes. that I had with Marty that I never had with Ridley. Ridley's in Australia, for God's sake. He's got an Australian accent. He's, yeah. And, uh, and so if we, I never had that kind of bond with okay. Ridley. Uh, and then the last the last question I have on this uh, thing. Well, I like him. By the way, he's uh, yeah. a brilliant Ma director. Amazing. A science, amazing fiction, a science fiction series are amazing. Yeah. When it comes to uh, your literary work, so like, uh, do you, I know you're, uh, you consider yourself nonfiction. Yeah, it's all uh, I, but do you think your novels, um, like uh, I, I know I really didn't say that, but like your classifications of books, 
when you translate when you're writing news articles, there's like a separation. No, that one led to the other. Okay. I started as a police reporter uh-huh. in 1953. I started as a kid, as mm-hmm. a copy boy. 1956, they made me a police reporter. Mm-hmm. That's a long time ago. And uh, I, that meant when you were a police reporter back then, it meant you hung around with cops uh-huh. and you hung around on the streets. And uh, being who I was and being Italian and coming from Bensonhurst, I knew a lot of wise guys. And this is before wise guys were important. Nobody paid attention. Yeah. He said, who, who, who knew where they were? The FBI wouldn't even admit that mafia existed. So I was able to move with great freedom and develop areas of trust. And I did that as a police reporter for the Associated Press for 16 years. Yeah. Then I began doing journalism because the thing, an article in the Associated Press is not that long. You know, you got to get yeah. it in. Uh, but a lot of these stories were bigger than that. So I started doing magazine pieces. So you go from like 800 words or 1,300 words to 4,000 words, 5,000. You can get more into the story. And so those magazine pieces I started doing from 19, oh, early 60s, I did those until I finally realized that the magazines weren't big enough. I needed to go to a book length. And I had Henry Hill. And so I decided to do Wise Guy. And I put it all, while I was still at the eighth, still at New York Magazine. So I wrote uh, Wise Guy at night. Yeah. And then that, so then Marty read it. And then Erwin Winkler, the producer, and they said, let's make it a movie. And Marty said, let's do it together. And, and so we wrote it together. It was the first time I ever wrote a movie. Yeah. What, well, so my last question I was planned, like I have on my segue, like this is my last question. It's like when you were writing um, the transition from Wise Guys to Goodfellas, did you find there was a blockage from taking script, like um, uh, well, like uh, literary to uh, film script? No. I mean, when I, by the time I wrote the Wise Guy movie, yeah. uh, Marty and I, that was done. We yeah. had it. But then Marty made a movie before he made Wise Guy. It might have been The Last Temptation. I think it was. And therefore, I was a year, a year and a half away from the Wise Guy script. And while he was making The Last Temptation, I started to write the book, Casino. That's what happened there. Yeah. And so uh, now we're talking almost two years after I had, we had finished the, the script from Wise Guy, I now began working on Casino. I told Marty about it. He says, let's do that next. So there was quite a stretch of time between the two things. Again, I didn't have any problem. Okay. Like, I was thinking about when you like when you look at a book to like take out the lines and to like dialogue, because the screenplay's all a dialogue. There's two things that happen here. Okay. And, and they're both typical of New York of a wise guy and casino. Casino. The voiceover. Oh, yeah. It's very, very important. Important. Uh, because I don't write books about people I don't know. Yeah. So I knew Frank Rosenthal in Casino, the part played by Lefty Rosenthal, yeah. by Bob De Niro. And I knew Henry Hill, who was the part in Goodfellas. I mean, I lived with Henry Hill. Yeah, sure. He was in the witness program. He and I were going all, I had a bulletproof vest. I was going all over the country with him. And I would interview him and get him on tape. And then, so when I sit down to write his story, I hear his voice in my head and I got the damn tape. So I just copy a lot of that stuff. 
Interesting. And I get, so it's his voice. It's like you're sitting in a room with the real guy. You're listening, you're copy and paste what he said. That's right. Now, a lot of times you ask, if you're doing what I do, you ask the same question 10 times. Uh And in this answer, he gives you that, that's good. In this answer, you got another. And so you blend his best answers into that dialogue for that scene. And that's what happened with Emery. And, uh, and so you have two movies where the people I talk to are really telling you the truth. And, uh, and, and that's the only way I know how to do it. And in, in the casino, which I never really said you should be amused, I think you'll like this. Uh, in the casino, since Tony Spalaccio had been murdered by yeah. the time I started, uh, Frank Collada, the mob guy who was his number two, the part played by Frank Vincent yeah. in Casino. He was, he, some FBI agent knew him and said, he'll talk to you since Rosenthal would not talk to me. Let's say the guy who became Bob De Niro. Yeah. And Pesci was dead, murdered. So I met with Collada and he knew everything. And so I got his voice and he tells them, so I got him on the set as a technical advisor since he was there. Now, there's this scene in Casino, you may remember, when Joe Pesci runs around this pool, swimming pool, and there's this guy who's been ripping them off for money, and he finally shoots it's them, a, and the guy goes in the pool. And, yeah. Remember that? Now, I'm standing there with, they're shooting the movie, they're shooting that scene, and I'm standing there with Frank Collada, and Collada goes like this to me, he looks at me, he goes, no, no. I said, what's the matter? He says, no, that's not, that's not what happened. I said, what do you mean that's not what happened? He says, no, that's, that's not what happened. I said, what happened? How do you know what happened? He says, I was there. I did it. <laughs> he did the murder. Now, he had gotten, he had, because he testified against all these people, he got immunity for something like 11 murders. The FBI gave him. So he is now, he did the murder. So I say, Marty, that's not the way he says, that way he happened. I said, he did it. He did the murder. Yeah, come over here. So now we get Frank Collada between me and him. And Frank says, no, the way he did it. So Marty says, you do it. So Frank Collada takes the gun and he does that murder. If you look at the movie today, the man who commits the murder is the same guy who committed the murder in real life, Frank Collada. I mean, what movie in the world has the real murderer in a screen shooting the murder? That's Frank Collada. Is that, it is, is, that like a, is that like a well-known like Easter egg in the film? Like a lot of people know about like like um, family stories. You know what's happened is that I never said anything. Nobody knew about it for years. Yeah. But then Frank Collada mentioned it. Uh huh. So oh, I did that murder. Really did. And so it got out. So it's not unknown. Yeah. But, but it's not a lot of most people don't know it. Interesting. I think I'll leave it there. We have we have a half hour. What me? We have a half hour of recording. Good. Yeah. You did it. Let's just say things are about to get a little more twisted with the next episode compiled together. As soon as we got to the door, I proceeded to look her asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so afterwards, she said to me, why did you start with that? I said, because your face is a fucking atrocity. <laughs> and I took this girl to meet my grandmother. I said, uh, take a good look at her, because when I get done with her, she's going to look like a glazed vanilla crow. <laughs> she said, what do you mean by that, Frankie? I said, I'm going to come on ahead, Grandma. You guys don't like family humor? <laughs>
I'm not, I'm not landing these jokes with two fucking boards in the car. <laughs> It uh, took me a, quite a few tries to get this intro right because when you're not do- working your muscles, they shrink. Like I'm trying to say is my podcast muscle for narration has shrunk. Anyway, uh, I guess it's g- a good time to roll a few ads from our sponsors. My name is Darren Joseph. I'm a stand-up comedian and I have a card game I'd like to tell you about. The fight card game is a simple game of chance. Pick a card, and you are ready to cheer for your fighter and how they win. It's a must-have for fight fans, but also for those who get invited to combat sports viewing events. Pick a card and be invested in the bout. It's simple. Great for all combat sports, MMA, UFC, Bellator, boxing, and jiu-jitsu matches. Other sports have seasons, but combat sports are all year long, so you will get plenty of use. Host your own fight night party, or be a hit at a friend's by bringing the cards. They're pocket size and easy to carry. Learn more about the cards at thefightcardgame.com or go directly to Amazon to purchase a set for $12.99. That's thefightcardgame.com. Thank you. Lettuce Be Idiots is obligated to plug and promote the Greg and Rob podcast. New episodes every Saturday and re-uploads of the original archive series every Tuesday and Wednesday available on all streaming podcast platforms. Let me restate what I was saying before the advertisements rolled. Uh, I was saying that Lettuce Be Idiots is back from a short hiatus. And on today's episode, I was really focusing and thinking about past shows I produced that I think were groundbreaking for levels of insanity. And one of the first shows that comes to mind is something I helped produce in January of 2019. At the time, I did the audio and video recording for a show produced by Phil987. He uh, he booked me to do it, the recording of it. And the clip I'm about to play is of Frankie T, Frank Terranova, and Phil987 doing stand-up back-to-back, hosted by Johnny HPV. I used to have the clip on my website and YouTube channel, but I took it down for some technical reasons. In the past, it had around 2,000 views, but I just feel like I shouldn't re-upload content I took down. It's one of my principles. So I'm recycling the content and uh, just to show you and present... Some truly uh, offensive material. Lettuce Bidiots presents the most offensive 12 minutes. So give it up for not only a great comedian, but also a great friend. Phil987 here. Thank you. That's something about me. So I, I put the sex and sexual harassment. Anyone here concerned about these uh, assault weapon bans that Congress are trying to pass? It doesn't affect me, really. Because uh, I know the government won't try to get their hands on my cock. My, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, my sexual assault weapon. <laughs> uh, semi-automatic, by the way. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Make it clear. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, 
problem now, like picking up women these days, right? Because uh, they, they give men mixed messages too much. Like, when I talk to them, their words tell me, go away, but I look in their eyes, it says, rape me. explain to them, it's Phil 987, not help me. <laughs> I've been a lot of, uh, been on like a couple of awkward dates for, the, for, for a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the same experience with just about almost every girl I went out with, right? They all ask me the same annoying questions like, Phil, why are you wearing a mask? <laughs> How did you play this in my apartment? <laughs> yeah, me and my ex, we both like to get really kinky in bed. Like, she enjoys it when I choke her and I enjoy stabbing her. <laughs> Alright, sounds like a good crowd. Let's get to the next one. Hey, uh, think about this too like, like you ever wonder if gay is short for got age yet <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm not only that homophobic uh, in case anyone like, thinks so like, my favorite parade is the gay pride one because after all gay pride comes before the gay fall <laughs> <laughs> I'm drug free, anyone else? Like, uh, I don't really care about them, but like, I, I don't do, like, I don't smoke crack or heroin or anything like that. You know, the, the hard stuff. I, I, yeah, I don't touch those for obvious reasons. I don't support black businesses. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in my apartment, I have three black roommates. It's pretty great, man. And the best part of all is because I get to sleep in the master's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the cure to cancer is to make women stop talking so much somehow. Alright, like, uh, hear me on this. Like, I used to believe that uh, uh, cell phones was what give you cancer. Anyone else used to think that? I used to thought that, but... Uh, then I found out the truth. That's not the cell phone giving me the cancer. That's the that's the bitch on the other end of the line. Father to pray to. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's probably my niche. I'm pretty sure. I learned that uh, Ebonics 
is what they call a, a black language. That makes sense to me, because I only understood three-fifths of what they're talking about. I actually don't like it when uh, people say the N-word around black guys, who I know personally, you know? I'm like, hey, cut it out. That's my property you're talking to. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right. So people wonder, like, because uh, I do, all, I talk about rape a lot. People ask me, Phil, you ever get worried about AIDS or anything? I said, no. I don't get AIDS in, anymore. I've, uh, I've actually passed that. I've transcended it. It doesn't affect me anymore. Now, now I just give AIDS. <laughs> yeah, the, the paradigm has been shifted. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Keep it going for Phil 987. <laughs> Yeah, keep it going. Don't listen to no, the girl. Right? <laughs> you, you, you don't own this, this show. Uh, the other day, somebody told me that they thought Obama's daughters were hot. I was like, come on. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think white guys have a, a really bad taste in uh, other races. Attractiveness. I think it's true, because like, when I'm at the gym, I think every Indian girl at the gym is hot. And I know that's probably not true, but to me it is. <laughs> and there's always somebody who's like of that persuasion that feels like he wants to put me in my place. There's always some guy who's like, my friend, you think she's beautiful? In my country, she's nothing. <laughs> At Blink Fitness, she's giving me a hard on. <laughs> Go back to your country. I don't know if you guys heard, but they're opening up another Chick-fil-A in Manhattan. What your name? Yeah, I, I gotta admit, I, I, I got mixed feelings about it. Cause uh, I'm a vegetarian, but I hate faggots. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see why I'm torn. Um, you know, even if I was gay, I would never act on it. You know, I'm that Italian. I would just live in pain, you know? I would uh, have sex with a woman, uh, throw up immediately, and then go online and chat up a twink. That would be my life. I throw up now, but not, not because I'm not attracted to women, just because I don't like them personally. <laughs> I, you know, as a race. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, Oprah Winfrey's talking about buying the Los Angeles Clippers. Which doesn't make any sense, because she's a fat cunt. <laughs> I, uh, I took this girl back to my apartment the other night, and uh, as soon as we got there, as soon as we got through the door, I proceeded to look her asshole. <laughs> so afterwards, she said to me, why did you start with that? I said, because her face is a fucking atrocity. <laughs> What else is going on? Oh, <laughs> uh, here's something. I took this girl to meet my grandmother. I said, uh, take a good look at her, because when I get done with her, she's gonna look like a glazed vanilla crow. Ew. <laughs> she said, what do you mean by that, 
that, Frankie. I said, I'm gonna come on ahead, Grandma. You guys don't like family humor? I'm not, I'm not landing these jokes with two fucking broads in the, in the car. <laughs> the other day, somebody was telling me uh, they don't think we'll ever have a vegan pedophile. You know, because they have a lot of self-control. I think that's true because I'm a vegan and I would never have sex with an underage girl, even though I really, really want to. Come on, you ever been on the bus at three o'clock? <laughs> Small hands. Oh I mean, everybody wants to have sex with teenage girls. That's why it's illegal. <laughs> Latinas age well. White girls fall apart at 26. Except, uh, I don't know what, especially Irish ones. They age like raisins. <laughs> Thanks for ripping my thing, uh, Ryan D. <laughs> oh, I heard uh, they're gonna let the first woman join the Boy Scouts. You heard about that? They're finally gonna let a woman join the Boy Scouts. I think that's great. Now for once, women are gonna know what it's like to get molested in the woods. <laughs> Equality, I support it. I support the Me Too movement. I have my own movement, I'm sorry. It's called Me Don't Give a Shit. <laughs> Phil wrote that one. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder what I would do if I ever had a gay son. You ever think about that? Because I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, normal people can have gay kids. Did you know that? I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't throw them out or nothing like that, like some of these animals. You know, some people find out their son is gay, they throw them out of the house. Not me. I don't want my son sucking dick at the Javits Center. He's going to do it in his room. With the door closed. And the music turned up. I don't need to hear that shit. <laughs> Very open-minded. You guys got the wrong impression of me. You know, you see an Italian guy extremely good-looking in a tracksuit right away, you think I hate everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy being a straight white guy anymore. You know, you gotta be twice as talented as chicks, gays, and uh, light-skinned black people. <laughs> black skin, dark-skinned black people still haven't fucked up. That I admit. They're just like Italians. <laughs> I'm almost done. Yeah. No. All right. Are you really gay? Me? Uh, yeah. Well, sometimes. Nice knowing you. Age is making a comeback. Getting <laughs> off the herd, baby. All right, how can I close out this set big? I, I live in a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood. And you know what I'm starting to know? Puerto Ricans sexualize their own children. It's true. I saw a girl in my neighborhood the other day wearing turquoise spandex. Couldn't be any older than eight. Now here's the most disturbing part about this. She had a great ass. <laughs> it's sad though, because you know in four years when she starts popping out the kids, it's just gonna go straight to shit. Listen, you guys been great. That's my time. Keep it going for Johnny HBG. Personally, I know a lot of people really hate and dislike Phil 987 as a comedian. 
which I think is unfair, but also a fair point people have why they do. In the past, I really enjoyed booking him on many of the shows I used to produce. In the past, I really liked booking Phil and I had seven as a sideshow talent, because he is. Strictly in the means of, like, just for the shock value to throw on stage. I guess, I guess this is why most people book him, in general, but whatever. I, I, I remember um, producing uh, a comedy show on 420 of 2019. And on that particular show, I booked Phil987, and he killed. Phil987 killed the room. And luckily, I have uh, footage of it um, on Instagram and YouTube and my website. I ripped the audio and like to present it because I don't know if everyone who follows this podcast heard that clip, but here's that clip. Let's hear it, man, man. You can see him all over the city, dude. Let's hear it for Phil987. I get why uh, a lot of people complain that how hard it is to be a woman. Because uh, I don't feel that way. I think if you're a girl, you get to do all sorts of awesome things, like sucking my cock. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Just to make things clear, the guy, the host of that show who brought Phil 987 up was Jerry Martinez. Great comedian, and as well as a producer for the Fifth Borough Comedy Festival. In many of my past production live shows or Crooklyn comedy, I would really love booking unusual, really weird act talent comedians. And God knows I look for them, and I, I attract them easily. But, like, there's someone that is so funny, that, but they're so not known into the public because they're in their little pockets and circles. It's just, it's a, it's a, a little, uh, amusing to me when I put them on my shows, wherever they may be. The next clip I'm gonna play is, uh, is of a guy, a comedian or entertainer or beatboxer or some sort who goes by the name of Ozzy. Here's the audio of Ozzy's performance on a past-produced Crooklyn comedy show. Danny? Yeah. Alright, we're gonna do it, Danny. Yo, I'm gonna tell you, listen, I, you see, you know me, I'm all about music, I love music, I like reggae music. And the reason why I like reggae music is because you really don't know how to say anything. You just gotta know how to tone your voice, have the right beat to it, and I'm gonna show you how you do it, and then use everybody's song. I'm gonna give you an example. I'm gonna give you an example, guys. Let me see something. Hold on for a minute. Hold on for a minute. Okay, the first thing they do is this. Ready? That's all I know. That's all I know. Everything else I don't know. And they'll say it look like this. Are you ready? Happy birthday to you. Follow me. Happy birthday to you. I'm talking to you. Come on. Are you ready to switch it up? Here you go.
when you do sound effects like me and you meet different women, I gotta do different dances. For example, if she's Spanish, this is me on bed with her. If she's very Jamaican, it's gotta be like this. If she's black, it'd be like this. If she's white, it's different. And yo, but that's it, yo. But I love, that's why I love my reggae music, man, because you can just take it. I got a song that I wrote. Y'all wanna, y'all wanna hear it? Listen, it's real quick. It's about a girl, after five years, she calls me and she wants some money. So this is how the song go like this. Ready? They go like this. Girl, what you want? You haven't given me nothing, you can get no money from me now. Girl, what you want? Well, the last clip of Ozzy can be found on the website CrooklynComedy.com and as well as the Matteo Pascalic YouTube channel and the Crookland Comedy Instagram page. You know, this episode just been really about just reminiscing about old shows I produce and have like evidence of ridiculous moments on footage, video, or audio. Because I'm really into the idea of recycling content for future content. It's like a, it's like a niche thing I like doing for myself. And that was what this episode of Let Us Be Idiots was all about. Lastly, I'm selling merch of Let Us Be Idiots and Kirkland Comedy on the Kirkland Comedy website. Link in the description. Also, I'm going to start promoting the Patreon for Kirkland Comedy Patreon. But it, it just really, the Patreon's for really anything I do creatively. It's more oriented towards the podcast, Let Us Be Idiots. I know this episode's a little shorter of what, than what it's, I'm trying to get for each week in exact half hour. But uh, there was a lot of structuring to this episode, so it's I guess it panned out pretty well. Now let us video its first installment of Forest Radio, the musical stylings and music tracks from Richard Vadick Coughlin. Of all the songs that I've done of my own that I haven't done an acoustic version of, this one is the most requested. Back to the start. Mo 
moment your whole life can turn round Stand there for a minute, staring straight into the ground Oh, looking to the left slightly, then looking back around All I see are gays and Jews and people who are fucking brown Please let me show you why it's their fault that I suck Cause I won't change, I won't grow, and I won't adjust Oh, these wicked Jews are parasites that we just can't trust We should just open up the gas chambers, then turn them all to dust Oh, I look at her, she stares almost straight back at me She looks at these people as if they're equal to me Well, I'm going to build an empire that will last an eternity And when I do, I'll make you all bow down at my feet Oh, death is his head I know it's hard to take, but her mind has been made up. She didn't want your virginity. Death is as head. I know you want to make her see how much this pain hurts. But that's no excuse to be a Nazi. So then I move my hands up. From down by my side, I shout, Zeke Heil! And I'm filled with white pride. Oh, turn the palm of my hand down and point it up to the sky. Oh, touching a man's bottom is a sin if you're a guy. Oh, I imagine a world of racial purity. Because this thing faggots are doing that I don't want children seeing. It weren't supposed to be this sleazy. Please, please, they're a disease. These fucking bum lords are a fucking disease. Oh, we let in one nigger and now we're infested they should be our slaves and for AIDS they should be tested oh put away her fingers looks at me and then gestures and tells me my dick is even smaller than hers oh death is as head I know it's hard to take but her mind has been made up she didn't want your virginity death is as head I know you want to make her see how much this pain hurts But it's no excuse to be a Nazi I know in the past you thought I was gay But I told that bitch no I'm fucking straight she wouldn't dress as Hitler for sex role plays And now she's gone away Death is as head I've heard that now she's become a lesbian And she's dating A homosexual black Jew Death is as head now we all understand why you're such an angry fucktard It's cause nobody loves you, you twat And uh, now for something completely different Now you're in my way I trade my soul for a wish Pennies and 
dimes for a kiss I wasn't looking for this, but now you're in my way Your stare was holding, ripped jeans, skin was showing Hot night wind was blowing, where you think you're going, baby? Hey, I just met you, and this crazy But here's my number, so call me maybe It's hard to look right at your baby But here's my number, also call me maybe And all the other boys all try to chase me But here's my number, so call me maybe took your time with a call, I took no time with a fall You gave me nothing at all, but still you're in my way I beg and borrow and steal, I have foresight and it's real I didn't know I would feel it, but you're in my way Your stare was holding, ripped jeans, skin was showing Hard night wind was blowing, where you think you're going baby? Hey, I just met you, and this is crazy But here's my number, oh, so call me maybe it's hard to look right, oh, at you, baby But here's my number, so call me maybe And all the other boys, oh, try to chase me But here's my number, so call me maybe So call me maybe, boy, you came into my life I missed you so bad, missed you so bad, missed you so bad, oh into my life, I missed you so bad So call me maybe, hey, I just met you And this is crazy, but here's my number So call me maybe, it's hard to look right Oh, at you baby, but here's my number Oh, call me maybe, and all the other boys Oh, try to chase me, but here's my number So call me maybe In one single moment your whole life can turn round You stand there for a minute staring straight into the ground Looking to the left slightly then looking around All you see are Jews, gays and people who are brown Please let me show you why it's their fault that I suck I won't change, I won't grow and I won't adjust These wicked Jews are people that you just can't trust We should open up the gas chambers and turn them to dust I look at her, she stares almost straight back at me She looks at these people as if they're equal to me I'm gonna build an empire that will last an eternity And when I do I'll have you bowing down at my feet Death is head I know it's hard to take but her mind has been made up She didn't want your virginity Death is head I know you want to make her see how much this pain hurts But that's no excuse to be a Nazi So then I move my hands up from down by my side I shout, City Kyle! I'm filled with white pride Turn the palm of my hand down and point to the sky 
touching a man's bottom is a sin if you're a guy. I imagine a world of racial purity. There's things faggots are doing that I don't want children seeing. It weren't supposed to be it's sleazy. They're a disease, a disease. These guys are a fucking disease. We let in one nigger and now we're infested. They should be our slaves and for AIDS they should be tested. She pulls away her fingers, looks at me and then gestures and tells me my dick is even smaller than hers. Death SS head. I know it's hard to take but her mind has been made up. She didn't want your virginity. Death SS head. I know you want to make her see how much this pain hurts But that's no excuse to be a Nazi I know in the past you thought I was gay But I told that bitch I'm fucking straight She wouldn't dress as Hitler for sex roleplay So now she's gone away Death SS head I've heard that now she's become a lesbian and she's dating A homosexual black Jew Death SS head Now we all understand why you've been such a douchebag it's cause nobody loves you, you twats! Oh, words are complicated, they're hard to spell Oh, I can't read or write, I'm not that bright, can't you tell? Learning brand new things, oh that's my fucking idea of hell Oh, so my solution is to fight and write and throw things and yell Oh! Oh, I've taken every drug that you can buy on my estate I get high all the fucking time, when I'm never feeling great Oh, then one day I was down a pub and I was talking to my mate And he told me the best place to go if I want to express my hate, 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 hate and you want to scream out loud There's a place you can go and be a kind of be fucking proud Tell them where it is Oh, it's the English Defence League We are the EDL Oh, we chant about the Muslims and tell them they're all going to hell Tell them to fuck off back home Because they all fucking smell I'm a patriot, I'm a nationalist I am an infidel We're the English Defence League We are the EDL We favourite every video made by Pat Condell Chanting Allah was a pedo And the Islam is evil I was singing No Surrender Whilst we're in the prison cell L, L, L Wife a brand new bruise. Oh, the fight against Islam is one we ain't gonna lose. Till we smash every fucking packing shop window and steal all of their booze. 
And why do we do it? Because we are the English Defence League. We are the EDL. We chant about the Muslims and tell them they're going to burn in hell. Oh, tell them to go fucking back home because they all fucking smell. I'm a patriot. I'm a nationalist. I am an infidel. We're the English Defence League. We are the EDL. We've memorised every video made by Sir Pat Condell. We chant Allah is a pedo and sing Islam is evil. Whilst we're singing, no surrender in the prison cell. Let me hear you go. A, 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 ADL. A, 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 ADL. Same again. A, 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 ADL. Oh, A, 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 ADL. Oh, in the English Defence League. We are the EDL. We chant at the Muslims, tell them they're all going to hell. Oh, I tell them to go back home because they fucking fucking smell. Oh, I'm a patriot. I'm a nationalist. I am an infidel. We're the English Defence League. Yes, we're the EDL. Oh, we favourite every video made by Lord Pat Condell. Chant Allah is a pedo because Islam is evil. So singing, no surrender. Whilst we're in the prison cell. Well, going now. E, E, A, A, EDL. Oh, A. Hey, hey, ADL, oh, hey, 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 ADL, it's the only fucking weakest spell, oh, hell yeah, let me hear you yell, yeah, for the EDL, Tits and pussy, oh. Oh, I am a guy, a guy who is warm as dew during the day. I am a guy who shuts his coffee before it cools down. A guy whose heart bursts when the night comes. That kind of guy, oh, that kind of guy. 
beautiful, lovable, yes you, hey, yes you, oh I'm beautiful, lovable, yes you, hey, yes you, oh now let's go until the very very end, Opa Gangnam Style, Opa Gangnam Style, whoop, 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 Opa Gangnam Style, Gangnam style, whoop, 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 hope a gangnam style, hey, sexy lady, hope a gangnam style, hey, sexy lady, a girl who looks quiet but plays when she plays, a girl who puts her hair down when the right time comes. Oh, a girl who covers herself with a sexier than one who bears all a sensible girl like that. Oh, I am a guy, a guy who seems calm but he plays. Oh, I am a guy who goes crazy when the right time comes. A guy who has bulging ideas. Oh, rather the muscles, that kind of guy. Oh, that kind of guy. Oh, beautiful, lovable. Yes, you. Hey you, oh I'm beautiful, oh yes you, oh yes you, hey now let's go until the very very end, oh Gangnam Style, Gangnam Style, whoop, 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 hope oh, Gangnam Style, whoop, 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 hope oh, Gangnam Style, Sexy lady, oh, but gangnam style, hey, sexy lady. On top, of the running man is a flying man, baby, baby. I'm a man who knows a thing or two. On top, of the running man is the flying man, baby, baby. I'm a man who knows a thing or two. Do you know who I'm saying? Hey you, hey, hey you. Oh, do you know who I'm saying? Hey you, oh, let's say, oh, now let everybody hear you say, hey, 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 style. Hope a gangnam style, hey, sexy lady. Hope a gangnam style, hey, sexy lady. Hope a gangnam style, hey, sexy lady. Hey, sexy lady. Oh, 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 oh,
been here for years, rocking my pants, putting suckers in fear, watching the town gang down like a monsoon, listen to the face go boom, explosion, overpowering, over the competition, I'm towering, wrecking shots, when I stop, these lyrics that'll make you call the cops, don't you dare stare, you better move, oh and don't ever compare me to the red that law gets sliced and diced, the competition's paying the price, I'm gonna knock you out, mama said knock you out, oh I'm gonna knock you out, mama said knock you out, don't you call this a regular jam, I'm gonna ride this land, I'm gonna take this itty bitty world by storm, and I'm just getting warm, oh just like Muhammad Ali, they called him Cassius, watch me bash this beat like a skull, oh cause you know I had beef with, oh why do you rip with me, the maniac psycho, and when I pull out my jammy get ready cause it might go black, how you like me now? The rhythm will not allow you to get with Mr. Smith. Don't rip. Listen to the bishop. Oh, I'm blasting, outlasting. Oh, I'm kinda like chef, so you can say I'm shafting. Old English filled my mind, and I came up with a funky rhyme. Oh, I'm gonna knock you out. Mama said knock you out. Oh, I'm gonna knock you out. Mama said, knock you out. Shadow boxing when I heard you on the radio. Oh, I just don't know oh, what made you forget that I was raw. Cause now I got a new tour. I'm going insane. Starting a hurricane, releasing pain. Oh, letting you know that you can't gain or maintain. Unless you say my name. Ripping, killing, digging and drilling. Oh, oh, pass the old gold, oh, I'm gonna knock you out, mama said knock you out, oh, I'm gonna knock you out, mama said knock you out, shotgun blast I heard, when I rip and kill and will, man of the hour, tower of power, oh, I'll devour her, I'm gonna tie you up and make you understand that I'm not your average man When I got a jammy in my hand Damn, ooh, oh Watch me, oh, watch me Listen to the way I slay your crew Damage, oh, damage, oh, damage Destruction, terror, and mayhem Oh, pass me a sissy and sucker, I'll slay him Oh, farmers, what? Oh, farmers, what? Oh, we're ready, I think I'm gonna bomb a town Oh, get down, don't you never pull my lever Cause I explode Oh, I gotta thank God Cause he gave me the strength to rock hard Knock you out, mama, mama I'm gonna knock you out Mama said, knock you out I'm gonna knock you out Mama said, mama said, oh Mama said, knock you
I wish myself into your pocket Invisible, do what you want Do what you want I was shrinking, I would disappear I will slip into the groove and cut me off And cut me off There's an empty space inside my heart Where the weeds take root And now I'll set you free I'll set you free there's an empty space inside my heart where the weeds take root And now I'll set you free I'll set you free and Slowly we unfold As lotus flowers is all I want to moon upon a stage just to see what if, just to see what is I can't kick your habit just to see your fast ballooning head Listen to your heart Shrinking will be quiet as mice And while the cat is away Do what we want Do what we want There's an empty space inside my heart Where the weeds take root And now I'll set you free I'll set you free Cause all I want is a moon upon a stake Just to see what is Just to see what is The bright lights float into my room And slowly we unfold As lotus flowers Cause all I I dance around the bed The darkness is beneath Oh, I can't kick your habit Just to see your best ballooning head Listen to your heart Introducing uh, Coughlin, Dick Coughlin, infamous. Uh, I don't know how would say. Pro uh, would you call yourself? Uh, I would call it like a left-wing provocateur. Is the right like to call him? I wouldn't say provocateur. That would be that would suggest that I'm deliberately trying to oh, okay, okay. annoy people. I just happen to do that very well. I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's hard to tell the difference. Um, I would say YouTube Maven OG. <laughs> yeah, the original problematic favorite. Of the left, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, um, today is your 12th anniversary on the internet. 
per se. And you were no, really I mean, not on the internet, on YouTube specifically. On YouTube, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, on the internet, I was around, I've been, God almighty, I, I don't even want to go back that far. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, this was, it, it was the 4th of July, 2008, I uploaded my first YouTube video. And everything else I've done subsequently in terms of content since then happened after that. So I sort of take that as, and I can't remember the dates of any other frigging website I've ever signed up to. I've got too many of them. I've, signed, yeah. I've, I've got too many accounts on too many sites. So, you know, I remember I, I remember uh, watching around 2000. I found a video of yours in 2010. That's how far I go back following your content. Yeah. And yeah. I, can't well, well, I mean, I, I, that was that was back. That was just after I stopped being funny. Yeah, I know. I was aware of you before that, but that's when I really started yeah. following you. Mm. Well, I mean, there's there's very little that survived. I mean, sadly, I mean, t- like it, back then, like 2008 to 2010, which was my first channel, Coffee yeah. 666. The the thing about that was that that was you know I I was new to all this stuff. I was new to video making. I'd never made mm-hmm. videos before, never done anything. And the whole concept of back, the whole idea of like you suddenly losing your channel and. Being, and it disappeared and, and backing stuff up was just never something I ever sort of thought about or you know contemplated or, or, or so a lot of the um, videos from my first uh, channel like there's very there's, there's there's some that still survived I mean they, they've got they've been re-uploaded and downloaded and re-uploaded and downloaded so many times that like they, they, they're, they're barely like, you can barely make anything out there's like two pixels in there it's like sort of 2003 mobile phone <laughs> mobile camera phone level yeah. it might as well be it, it might as well be bloody radio it, you know it's uh, it's like it's like it's been filmed on a box brownie you know one of those cameras yeah. with the dust tray um but like you know it's up to, and it's a shame because like there is just like i managed to find recently um i, I managed to like harvest all the videos because they're scattered around the internet you know like, even when i die there'll be if, oh yeah, you know, forever, uh, eternity. There are thousands. There's a Cambrian explosion of just Dick Coughlin videos when internet archaeologists have to bury through, like what happened. They'll just find my stuff scattered, bloody everywhere, and yeah. inexplicably. But I managed to get about 700 videos, which is probably way under. Like it's probably like 40 percent, if that, 35, 40 percent of it. And there's some that I'm just really gutted I'll never get back. But you know, it's just that's that's life in it. Yeah. You know, you can't be, you can't have everything. And um, I was, I was, I wanted to bring this up because I thought it was absolutely hysterical because the fact that you are an internet the destroyer of alt right propaganda for a decade, about a decade now, I would say. Yeah, yeah, tw- yeah, well, yeah, twelve years on. The- I mean, I mean, I've always kind of like I, when I came onto the YouTube, I didn't have. I mean, I still really don't. I mean, like I said, I've always said like yeah. I came onto the. The reason I liked YouTube is that my two favorite things were sort of politics and arguing and yeah. nutters. Oh, and, yeah. And and of course, and of course, the internet. You know, and of course, nutters before the internet, you had to. They, you know, they. You know, you had to sort of like rely on the news to dig them up, or you had yeah. to sort of see them. You, know, you had to really seek them out, but. You know, but on the internet, you had nutters. I mean, still to this day, I'm not. I'm, I've never become desensitized to it. I, I still, every week, I read something or see something, or I watch a video and I'll go, "That is the most fucking ridiculous, stupid, bonkers mental thing I've ever fucking seen in yeah. my life." And it will be until next week. Yeah, I know. When something uh, yeah. else, you know, uh, when something else comes along. I, but I'd always, I, I'd sort of like, you know, I came on here and I inadvertently ended up in this atheist community thing, which was what the thing was. I know, I remember then. it. And uh, and and I never, you know, I mean, I, I I was always like fascinated by religion and I loved arguing about it, but I was never like. I wasn't like the atheists on YouTube who were people who being an atheist was a real 
Yeah. You, know, you know, it was it was a real problem for them because you know their family was religious or so they lived. And for me, it's like, no, I just think it's you know, I, I just find it fascinating. I, I think it's nonsense. And you know, but I don't. I wasn't the angry atheist. You know, yeah. I could be angry. Yeah, you know, but I tend I tend to sort of like you know. But I, I think it's important with with YouTube. I, I'm more comfortable. You, you've generally got two. If you're dealing with issues like that, like um, like religion or pol political issues or whatever, you can. You've got two approaches. You can either deal with them in a sort of general kind of way, yeah. uh, you know, or, or you can deal with, or you can just specifically respond to each individual and be incredibly specific to them. And I just always been more comfortable with the first one. And to me, it's like I, I, I was never interested in whether you were religious or what your political position was, or, or you know anything like that. It was like whether you were were a cunt about it. You know, it was just it. It's like you know, it, it was just it's like it's they're the people who are the problem. You know, and um, and you can look at the atheist, some of the atheists on YouTube now who are indistinguishable from Christians. You know, from from right wing from right wing fundamentalist Christians yeah, yeah. or Muslims. You know, I mean, it's like like the only difference between a a, a right wing right, white nationalist in Britain or America and an Islamic fundamentalist in the Middle East is just they what they've just picked the wrong team. Yeah. Everything else is fun. everything else is pretty much identical. You know what I mean? It just uh it's just the white nationalists have the are able to use the cover of Western civilization yeah, despite yeah. the fact that they want to dismantle it all. You know what I mean? And um uh, but that was all I was interested in, and it just sort of became. But I'd always been, you know, I, I remember like starting following, in, getting into like right wing, because I was into comedy first of all. I, mean, yeah. I was into comedy, like stand up, when I was nine years old was when I got into it, and it was then. And and I and I remember sort of, and I just like used to watch as much of it. I just because of an obsessive nerd about it, like and um, and which is annoying because it's it, very few people are almost nobody. Like you know, like there's no conventions for people like me. Only only stand-up comedians are people you can end up talking to about it. But um, but like I I remember just like just watching being exposed to my first examples of like that kind of race racism or you know homophobia or sexism or that kind of you know or comedians who dealt with that kind of stuff in a very sort of like when when I was very young and just becoming interested in it and uh, and uh, and and that and that sort of ended up leaning towards my I think I think just the extremes of anything is what I'm drawn to, yeah, you know, yeah. in, in like because Clearly. that's where it all that's where everything fundamentally they're the people who make the most noise. They're the people who you know, I mean West the Westboro Baptist Church are a great example. Oh, I mean, for all okay. the, God hates to I mean, for, is my jam. But I mean I tell you what, I will say this, this is what the thing you've got to keep in mind. This is the amazing thing. And it's it's something and it's it's because everyone's heard of the Westboro. I mean, that's the amazing thing. Everybody in the Western English-speaking world and even the non-English-speaking world has heard of the Westboro yeah. Baptist Church, and you think this is a this is a a cult, a, 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 a compound in Kansas with eighty people in it, and everybody on the planet has heard of them. Yeah. They've been on every news mainstream news show. They've been on. They've had documentaries made about them. They are just, you know, everyone knows who they are. And you think, you know, and you think that's quite, I mean, the, the Catholic Church and, you know, I mean, there are, there are you know, the Westboro Baptist Church are more well-known than I would say Mormonism is. Oh, I don't oh, know, oh yeah, I don't absolutely. Know, you know, Mormonism is, you know, any religion that's got like, you know, that's uh, maybe not a major way, you know, but any of the denominations of, of Islam, you know, same with Judaism, you know, even things like Scientology, which you've got, you know, you've got much more numbers. And you think this is just 80 people and you think that's, that's the power of like, you know, of, 
uh, of extremism is that it, it's yeah. it's that sort of it's it's that magnet. That's where it all starts. You know what I mean? Um, really, I was wondering about this. This is all drama. That's bringing up, but I thought it was really funny. I've, like uh, you had that run last year of Tommy Robinson with that letter. You're delivering uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, well, Tommy Robinson. I've been, I mean, I've followed him since two. Yeah, I, I remember. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What of all people to have you deliver instead of like someone else? Like, I don't really. Like... Why did they have me deliver? They had me deliver it because they basically. Um, I mean, I mean, they basically wanted to sort of have a, you know, you know, they, they wanted to do it in a way. They didn't just want to deliver it because they wanted to also, they wanted it to be in the news. They okay, wanted okay. to make it sort of like they wanted it to sort of spread, and so they were trying to think of. Rather than just having a, a ba- you know, a, the usual person do it, like who could we get to do it? And I had literally the week before, you know, uh, made a, t- a video about Tommy Robinson, yeah. and uh, these, these people had, and and some of these people had followed me, uh, you know, followed me for a long time, and they, I mean, I'm, Tommy Robinson's regenerated like. He's so on his third. Times. He's on his third cycle now, and it's the same fucking thing every goddamn time. You know what I mean? But, um, but like, and they just said to me. You know, would you? How would you feel about you know Tommy Robinson's getting served these papers for this? Uh, you know, but you know by the because he's being sued by that yeah. the, the family of this Syrian, this young Syrian lad who he you know he basically you know harassed and tormented the family. Now they've had to move and all this yada yada yada. And how would would you like to do it? And we're going to film it. We're going to live stream it. And they've even got like where there was like a couple of. Uh, they'd already contacted journalists. There was a journalist from the Independent who had a story waiting to go on standby. There was two Daily Mail. Uh, you know, j- 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 journalists with us. Um, well, with you or uh, against you? Oh no, they were with us. They were with us. They were they were asked to come along. I mean, they're not going to sort of um, you know they were they were just interested in the in the story. I mean, it's like you know, I mean, it's it's it's, it's, it's you know a, a red headed a red haired fucking yeah. leftist armed, armed with you know <laughs> delivering you know, on behalf of a Syrian family and a Muslim yeah, yeah. lawyer called Mohammed, you know, delivering a fucking letter to Tommy. It's it's just perfect. Clickbait, yeah, you know. But I mean, I mean, they ended up not really going with it, and it's mainly because, like, you know, and I was—I'll be honest—I mean, I was really fucking scared yeah, on the build-up to it violent. because, because uh, as far as I knew, this was going to be—I was going to be, you know, going to his front door, and I have no fucking idea what he's going to do, and, and there's that, you know, so. You know, as, uh, the best I could do was just like, like keep it professional. I'm not yeah. going to say I'll do it. I'm just going to add it over. But then I didn't have to do that because we got to the uh, we got to where he was, and uh, and uh, we haven't we, we were fucking about hundred hundred yards from his yeah. house. He was the, and we saw police. There were policemen guarding, and they came up and met, met us. They asked us why we're here, and I said, oh, I'm I'm deliver I'm serving Tommy Robinson these legal notices. And they said, right, we'll go with you, and they walked me there. I didn't even get to his address. I was about again about. 15 yards away from even his front gate and they took they took the thing off me they assured that they would pass it on and then i walked back yeah and that was it and i didn't even know until that day that he wasn't like because he'd been he'd been in amsterdam yeah and like and i and everyone was because everyone kept bringing this up like it was relevant it was like oh you go there when he's not in i'm like that still doesn't matter you know i mean he doesn't have to he doesn't have to be in for this to count and like literally i was just asked to do this i had no planning on the um i was uh, thinking about it like on your end like you being very nervous at delivering it because this is a man who's beating a man a horse race well no i mean i mean but i think it's not just that i mean i've 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 been on the the, I've, i've had genuine i mean i haven't had like sort of like people who these people who get death threats which is just someone on twitter saying i'm i'm gonna kill you or i hope you and i i've had you know 
I've listed these before, but I mean, I've had, I've had, I had, a, when I was living up in, uh, up in Scotland, I had a, I had a handwritten death threat put through my letterbox in an unmarked envelope, right? So that was someone who walked up to my fucking door and posted it in. I've had bomb threats uh, called into venues I'm doing. I've had, I was once, one uh, before, and in, I think it was before 2014 Edinburgh Festival, uh, I got a tweet off a guy, a nationalist in Scotland, a white nationalist in Scotland who, who told me, he said he was going to come and, you know, come find me when I was in Edinburgh for the festival and stab me. So I, I, I replied by linking him to all the dates and times of my show. And all I asked him was like, could you, up, let yeah. me know when, could you let me know when you're coming so I can film it? Because yeah. I can, you know, I don't want, I, you know, I'd love to have that. Yeah, 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 good drama you know, because whether I live or die, it's going to be, you know, legendary footage that I'll, I'll live off that for, so for like, fucking years. And uh, but I found out this guy had actually just been released from prison uh, not that long before for stabbing his girlfriend. And I thought, well, if he's going to stab his girlfriend, what the fuck would he have done to me? I've, I had a geezer once turn up. I had to have a police um, sort of like um, at, at a venue once because of threats that have come in. And a guy turns up with a samurai sword and a petrol canister. Oh uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've, had, I've had my fucking address and docs. Yeah. When I was doing the marathon, you know, I, I, I got somewhere in the region of about, 1300 death threats in a week oh you know from tommy robinson fans yeah. and they even went to the they even went to the extent of contacting the charity organization that organized the marathon that i did yeah and threat and threatening to go there and cause trouble if i turned up and i'm like and i said to him like, and i had the local police in uh, in uh, market harbor where i live you know they they had to come they were informed about it by uh, Sterling police, and they had to come and visit me a couple of times to make sure that it was. I'm like these motherfuckers can't even find Leicester. Yeah, like, I've literally been, I've literally been online and given them my address. I've taken pictures of me outside my house. I've done, I did a live stream out in the street, sort of saying, you know, and and, and these, these, are, they're not going to go to Scotland, you know. And um, <laughs> so yeah, this is a kind of a minute point. One bring up, I've always been trying to do research on. I know that they exist, but I, they're not really vocal on the internet. Open the alt-right sphere of like you know how like the, a lot of scottish nationalists tend to be left like um are there any like yes people in scotland who are right wing i mean when the thing about scottish nationalism is it's yeah. an example of it's a completely different i'm sure there are i mean yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, like i said i i lived i mean I, I did live in scotland for a few few years i mean i'm sure there are but i mean they're 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 they're, they're concerned i mean scotland i remember in 2000 and uh I think it, was, it was late 2000s yeah they were like one of the few countries uh you know who i mean they, they literally were like calling to the eu saying look we need immigrants we've got jobs coming out of our ass and we haven't got anyone to fill them and so they yeah. were calling i think they wanted like they were like asking for five thousand you know more might more immigrants yeah. to come in because they like they could, and and because scotland's a wonderful place but it's fucking empty there's barely yeah. anyone there i mean there's five million people yeah there which is less than half the population of london you know and um and, and so and and so but i mean the scottish nationalism was more a case of the fact that you know you know, most of our elections are decided by the south of England, oh, yeah, and um, you know, and and every and we always test. And Scotland are always the guinea pigs for stuff. They were the guinea pigs for like the smoking ban before it got before it came in. And Scot and um, and Scottish Scotland tended to to lean more to for sort of like the left of centre or left wing, yeah, kind of uh, kind of. And they just never 
they never they never got it. They always ended up with a, a, a conservative government or just at best a left of centre or centre. And they were just sick of it. And they're like, why can't we just, you know, and so I totally understand uh, their. But I mean, I live like I said. I, 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 yeah. You know, I've never, I've never encountered any anything like that. You know, I mean, in, when I was in Scotland. Um, but then saying that, you know, I mean, a lot of the time I'm there. I'm, yeah. I'm at the Edinburgh Festival, where you're not gonna, you know. The no, I'm just saying, I mean, uh, just come across on the internet, like comments, forum stuff, videos about it. Uh, I've looked. Uh, well, I mean, there was. I mean, there are sort of white nationalists in Scotland. Certainly. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there, yeah. There are some, I mean, but I mean, the thing is, they're just, uh, it's kind of, I mean, this is the thing, there was a Scottish Defence League, there was a Scottish Defence League, mm-hmm. along with the English Defence League, um, which had, and, and they had, they got to a point where there were so few members of the Scottish Defence League, that the EDL had to, you know, get several coaches, so they could take English, English EDL fans, EDL supporters, up to Scotland, to march along with them just so it looked like Prevent, yeah, uh, they, just so people. it looked like there were people there and they turn up with their fucking England flags on the back so it was pretty bleak, bleeding obvious but um, but I mean yeah I mean they, they definitely do exist I mean I, I, you're doing but like I said they, they, um, they, they're just not like they're um, not prominent enough they're not a problem no, no and, and, and even they're if not they prominent were, I mean, either and even if they were I mean like you know we, we're at a point now where it's it's yeah. no longer the it's, it's the fringe nutters are not really yeah. the issue. It's yeah. the fact yeah. it's the fact it's when the fringe nutters became more mainstream, yeah. like they have done. You know, and it's like the the the, he- the hecklers are on stage and the lunatics have taken <laughs> over the asylum. Yo, MC Vanilla J, DJ Vanilla MC Rebel. Yo, you check this now. Ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga now? Ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga now? Ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga? Player hating everybody and it's getting much bigger. Ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga now? Ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga now? Ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga? Player hating everybody and it's getting much bigger now. Ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga now? Ooh, up, bam, bam, who's South Louisiana, feeling forlorn, where he looks down, and what does I see, two Cajuns pulling my nigga on a ski, we lands and says, yo, thanks for helping my brother, and then two Cajuns just looks at each other, he says he might be smart, but I'll tell you something, he don't know jack about alligator hunting, yo, ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga now, ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga now, ooh, up, bam, bam, like my nigga, player hating everybody and it's getting much bigger now. Ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga now? Ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga now? Ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga? Player hating everybody and it's getting much bigger. Rich man traveling down through the south, stopped in Mississippi too, it is too cold out. Oh, when he paid the doctor to charge his jewelry, he said my nigga show got his bad too, too. Well, I put it in the doctor's, you better not huddle, cause I charge you $200 here in Mississippi, I can't open my mouth, so they tap my white ass and get the damn thing out, now, ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga now, ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga now, ooh, up, bam, bam, who's like my nigga, player hating everybody, is it getting much bigger now, ooh, up, bam,
now. Oh, what bam bam, who's like my nigga now? Oh, what bam bam, who's like my nigga? Player hitting everybody, getting much bigger now. There ain't no difference between a nigga and a honky about. There's much difference between an ape and a monkey. One's a little bigger, but you gotta agree. There's not very more poor that you can see. A drug dealer is living by the sweat on his neck. While my nigga sit down and draw his gun and check. Oh, my nigga, you'll be smarter as a general rule. Got in a drive-by shooting, put my dick in the floor. Sing that. Ooh, what bam Who's like my nigga now? Ooh, what bam Who's like my nigga now? Ooh, what bam Who's like my nigga? Player hating everybody if he didn't know. Sing it with me. You, whoa, bam, bam. You's like my nigga now. You, what bam You's like my nigga now. You, what bam You's like my nigga. Player hating everybody and he's getting much bigger. Peace, respect, believe, and many other classic, stereotypical things that rappers say at the end of songs. I wonder how many of you can know what the original of this was. Probably won't take long. Get it up, get it up, gotta get it, get it up, get it up, get it up, gotta get it, get it up, get it up, get it up, gotta get it, get it up, get it up, get it up, gotta get it, get it up, get it up, get it up, gotta get it, get it up, get it up, get it up, gotta get it, get it up, get it up, get it up, gotta get it, get it up, get it up, get it up, gotta get it, get it up, gotta get it up, gotta get it up, get it, get it, get up, gotta get it up, oh, gotta get it up, gotta get it up. I fuck Nick Griffin and I fuck the EDL. I fuck Martin J. Willett as he teabagged Pat Condell. I fuck the Landon Cool. I fuck drink him with Bob, fucked him in every hole. Oh, I fucked the foot. Oh, I fucked on the foot. Oh, my YouTube boner. It won't go down. It won't go down. It won't go down. My boner, my boner, my boner won't go down. It won't go down. It won't go down, oh, my YouTube boner, it won't go down. I fucked Ryan Fisher, came on his ass with pride. I fucked fake Sagan after he made me cry. I fucked Caroline and Yoko. Fuck Jesus Freak and I fingered the true poker. I fucked the foot, oh, I fucked Thunderfoot, oh, my YouTube boner, it won't go down, it won't go down. It won't go down My boner, my boner, my boner won't go down It won't go down It won't go down My YouTube boner, it won't go down You're lady, you're lady, you're lady, lady 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 you're lady, you're lady, you're lady, you're lady, you're lady, you're lady. I fucked John the other and all the MRI boys. Diana Boston fucked me with her 12 inch plastic toys. I fucked Nabilum Freehaw. I fucked Aaron Ra and Potholer on a seesaw. I fucked the foot, oh, I fucked Thunderfoot, oh, my YouTube boner. It won't go down, it won't go down. It won't go down. My boner, my boner, my boner won't go down. It won't go down. It won't go down. My country boner, it won't go down.
do. Don't 
That's right, oh, it's us and we're back. We were and still not fucking black. Yes, yes, I'm MCSS and I've got to guess a lot. Of you? Of who? Of you? I'm one. I'm one. We're two now, we've got a little dance for you. Now put your hands up across your chest, then shout very loud that Hitler is the best. Then put your straight up and sing on it everywhere. Now goose step your legs like you just don't care. Third right, third right, yeah, we're gonna kill a kite. We're white, far right, and we're gonna have a fight. Oh, watch us, watch us, rip the mic. Oh, psych. Of course. Everybody makes a noise if you're in the outfits. You can go in the guest chamber, then we'll throw you in the pit. We're just following orders, man. We're trying to get paid. You might get out of here, but you'll be a lampshade. Oh, yes, that's right. Nazis without attitude. That's where we're back, yes. And we still. It's not just the Jews. We hate the Jews. We hate the blacks, too. We fucking hate the Jippos. The Jippos, and the Quiz. And the Quiz. No. Well, no, not the quiz as much, no. We don't know, we like the quiz, we love the we quiz. quiz. We've never said anything about the quiz. We've if, always loved And the if quiz. you don't, if you think we're lying, we, you need to you pick up your ears. You, yeah. You pick up your arse. We're quiz. quiz. Look at this, look at this mixed race cat. Look at this, look at this. Multiculturalism. White wog bastard. Yeah. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off back to fucking P-Land. I'm going to kick that little fucker gone. They say once you go black that you'll never go back. Well, I nearly went there once. I was suffering from a disease, the worst disease you can get. What? The trots? No, worse than the trots. It's the worst disease any white man can ever have. And I nearly had it once, so let me tell you how it all happened. Yo, this is how it all went down. It's not cancer and it's not HIV. I got it one morning watching ITV. As I looked to the screen and my dick went hard, I saw this tasty bit called Trisha Goddard. This feeling that I had, I knew it was wrong, like gay bum sex or giving birth to a mong. But my hand kept moving towards my wang, even though she looked like an ugly orangutan. The way I felt was wrong, but I was in denial, like a Muslim who thinks that he's not a paedophile. But I looked about, nobody was around. Just this once, I'll go to fucking town. I'll Keep it a secret, I won't tell a soul That I've been sucked into this big black hole I undid my belt and got down on my knees And just like the vapours, I was turning Japanese I really think so, yo, I was ready to blow Then I opened the door and I said, oh no If you look at a blackie and your dick gets erected This must be you've been infected Oh, you got Nazi jungle fever You like big booty bitches and an ebony diva Just like Justin Bieber, you got Nazi jungle fever. To immediately stop these perverted desires, I pitch him in a ball bag with a big pair of pliers. What do you think you're doing, wanking over a slave? If Hitler saw you, he'd be spinning in his grave. If you've got HAF, there's only one cure, so I've got to make sure you keep the white race pure. There's only one thing for me left to do, so close your eyes, don't open them until I tell you. I don't have no Jungle fever The thought of shagging Trisha It makes me rude I'd rather have sex with Justin Bieber Cause I don't have Nazi jungle fever Hello, my name is MCSS and this is Sir Gastelot of Jews and we are 
Nazis without aptitude. N. N. W. A. A. Noir. That's us. And we're taking back rap music. We're taking it back, aren't we, Sir Gastelot? Yes. Yes, we are. And we're going to show you it now with our first single from the NWA. And it's it's fucking brilliant, right? It, it fucking... It, it's shit's gold. No one will buy it because the Jews, the gays, Jew, and women, the gays. and the... If I be politically correct, all the nignogs will not fucking bother buying it because it speaks the truth. We're just saying what everyone else is thinking. What is I everyone want to call now? This is our debut single. It's called We Hate Everyone. We follow the Fuhrer, our blood is purer, we've never been so sure that AIDS is the gay killer. We worship an old crazy motherfucker called Hitler, but mine can't find that was the shit, yeah. You wanna be right, then you gotta be white, if you choose to be black, then Nazis attack your ass, but not like a queer, another man's dick can't wouldn't go near. We're white, we're proud, but we don't know why, we hate everyone, so you must die. Dead Jews in a great big pile, it gives me the horn and I shout, seek high. We march and stack like a goose, I spot a darkie, quick get the noose. Find a tree and leave him hanging Our runs are fat and his tune is banging It's N.W.A. giving it to your Nazi style We will kill you Why? Cause we're in denial God we're so mad Virgins too But that's not why we're going to kill you We're proud of our skin for not being brown And if you are too Then why don't you get down? Two, four, six, eight Who do we appreciate? Hitler, Hitler, rap Hitler, Hitler, rap Hitler, Hitler, rap Go Hitler, go Hitler, go Go Hitler, go Hitler, go Go Hitler, go Hitler, go Go, go My Nazi mood is the Nazi robot. This is the Nazi worm. This is just the Nazi. Look at this duck. Look at this brown duck. Inferior to the white one. <laughs> we hate everyone. We hate everyone. Especially you. We hate you. Fuck you. And everyone who looks like you. And everyone who looks like everyone else who looks like you. We're the Nazis. White power. Why did the Jew cross the road? To get to the gas chamber. Yeah! yeah! How many black men does it take to change a light bulb? I don't know. There's not enough of them because they're crap. What's the difference between, a, between a, you know, an us and gay people? We don't have AIDS. Yes. And we're not yeah. pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you, you black bastard. Well, you better believe the episode is coming to a close. That is Let Us Be Idiot's first installment of Farce Radio. I'm gonna cut it. Danger! Danger. Representing on Let Us Be Idiot's podcast. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Luby, you be raw, that's a real gist. That's a real gist. But I'ma stay a fool, so let's be idiots. Let's be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots. Let us be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots. They ask me how I do it, keep them coming with that hot flame. Danger, take the reins, act a fool with my pin pain. The only place I do it is the show that gets the silliest. What? Tired of being stuffy, so I say let us be idiots. Y'all about to know that I'm the monster with the sick flow. Call me PMS, probably millions stacking. No, no, let's go. Drop lava rocks, burning infinite. Keep these bastards angry, angry bastards just don't give. Like an airways up, bring the real deal. I feel we too much. Make them all squeal, mohill in my clutch. Make the mountain now, Ruby, lighting it up. Got you saying, well, Lindy, you be raw, that's a real gig. That's a real gig. But I'ma stay a fool, so let's be idiots. Let's be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots. Let us be idiots. I'ma stay a fool, let us be idiots.